this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. I'm sure for all of us, we want to be wise when it comes to our wealth. That, that regardless of how much you have or how much more you think you need, we all want to make good decisions. And so I appreciate you joining us, uh, whether it's your first time or you've been with us for a, a long time. Uh, today in my message, I, I want to look at two questions that have been incredibly clarifying and helpful for me when it comes to me living a life that makes good decisions when it comes to my finances. And then at the very end, I, I want to look at one specific takeaway that I believe is beneficial for all of us if we truly want to be wise with our wealth. And so I'm really glad that you are joining us. If this is your very first time, we've begun a series called Navigating Life, How to Make Good Decisions. And it's, it's a series that, 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 that really revolves around how do we live in a way that we're mindful of God. And we want to get hyper-practical. And so today we are looking particularly around the conversation of money. Now, I know for all of us, I'm sure we've all been there, where we have made poor decisions when it comes to our finances. And we may be able to laugh it off, or may for some of us, we're still struggling in the midst of those poor decisions. I, I remember one small one that I made when I was in my 20s. Um, for some reason, I got addicted to infomercials. Do you remember infomercials? This was like pre-Amazon where everything was at your fingertips and, and online. Infomercials were when people would come on and they talk about a product that really, in all honesty, you probably didn't really need. And the problem with infomercials is they often came on late at night. And so they almost preyed on your tiredness. And for some reason, one particular summer, I like couldn't get away from these things. And there were three particular items that I would always be drawn into. One was the George Foreman grill. I mean, barbecuing indoors, like that sounds like a pretty good idea. The Floby, which was more intrigued than anything else. That was the vacuum cleaner that would cut your hair. Like that, I don't know, that just sounds like a bad idea. But then there was one, the ab trainer. And I remember one particular night watching this infomercial and thinking, I need to get me one of those. I mean, it was like the summer and you know, you think, well, listen, less work, better abs, this has to be a good idea. And so I made the purchase. It must have been after midnight. And this thing shows up to my parents' home. I used it a couple of times and realized this is completely ridiculous. And so for the rest of the summer, it collected dust in my parents' basement. Don't worry, don't worry, I'm, I'm over my addiction to infomercials. But it just, it reminds me again of just how do we make good decisions? How do we not make snap decisions when it comes to our wealth, when it comes to our finances? A bit of a disclaimer. Maybe if you're watching for the first time or you've been with us for a while, you're thinking, oh great, now we're gonna hear the money talk. We're, we're gonna hear the guilt. I make this promise to you. I'm not gonna ask anything from you because what I believe ultimately when it comes to our wealth, when it comes to our possessions, it's not so much what God wants from you, but rather it's what God wants for you. This, this whole series has really come back to this one of the incredible promises that Jesus gives to us when he says, I have come so that you may have the abundant life. Let's be honest. I think a lot of times 
When we think of the word abundance, we think of financial resources. We think if I just had a little bit more, then, then I'd have the abundant life. But is that the case with Jesus? Or is he leaning us towards something else? You see, the conversation around money within the church is not something we should kind of just brush under the rug because Jesus talks about it fairly regularly. Like he talks about money more than prayer, more than reading the scriptures, more than going to a place of worship. He talks about it over and over and over again. There's, there's this one encounter in Luke chapter 12 where Jesus is actually warning people to stay away from hypocrisy. When in the midst of this talk, this, this, this conversation, a man comes up to Jesus and interrupts him and basically wants Jesus to sort out a problem that he's having with his brother over an inheritance. And, and Jesus is kind of like, why, like, why are you coming to me? Like, what, what is this all about? And then he says something that has always been rather sobering for me. He says this. He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions. For me, that is significant because Jesus is like, watch out, be on your guard. It's, it's like a warning. Now, in life, you warn someone when they're about to step into something that has potential danger. Like, I don't know if, if someone is about to go downstairs and they don't see the first step, like, watch out, watch out for that first step. Or if a little child is about to run after their ball into, into traffic and they're not looking for a cars, you're like, watch out, watch out, what are you doing? You want to get their attention. You don't think, well, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. I'll, I'll maybe have a conversation with them about it later. No, no, you realize the intensity of it. And that's what Jesus says. He's like, watch out, be on your guard. And then he says this, a person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions. There is that word again, abundance. So often, why is it that, 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 that we are drawn towards wealth as the source of abundance? That, that maybe, just, just stay with me for a moment, that Jesus is on to something. Because I believe our finances, our wealth, can actually become one of the greatest rivals to our relationship with God and experiencing that abundant life that Jesus offers I mean, Jesus says it in another place. In, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He says you cannot serve both God and money. You see, Jesus speaks often about finances. Because finances can either become one of the great rivals to us actually establishing a relationship with Jesus or, or it can become an incredible opportunity to not only experience this abundance that Jesus speaks of, but to be used by God to do incredible things. And so what does this look like? How are we wise with our wealth? Well, I want to jump back into the book that we've been going to week after week. It's the book of Proverbs. It's found in the Old Testament, written thousands of years ago by a guy primarily named King Solomon, referred to as one of the wisest people to ever live. And, and he speaks often about wealth. 
And what I love about Proverbs is it's set up in a way that it's like short little statements that, that cause us a moment to pause, to reflect. And so this is what Solomon says in Proverbs 3 verse 9. When it comes to how do, we, how do we deal with our wealth? How are we wise with our wealth? He says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. This is going to be kind of our anchor verse for our conversation today. Because what he does is he's talking about the importance of perspective when it comes to our wealth. And then he gives us a real helpful takeaway. And so what I want to do for the remaining time is, is look at two what I believe are clarifying questions to help us understand, okay, how do I actually go about honoring God with my wealth? And then at the end, we're going to end with just one particular takeaway that I believe is going to be beneficial for all of us if we truly want to live that abundant life. And so, and so Solomon says, honor the Lord with your wealth. What, what does that look like? Well, the first question I would ask us to consider is this. Is are we honoring God with how we gain our wealth? Proverbs 20, 10 and 17. It says, differing weights and differing measures. The Lord detests them both. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet to a man, but he ends up with a mouth full of gravel. I love the imagery that Solomon often gives us in, in Proverbs. But, but essentially, the, the times have changed, but the principle remains the same. In Solomon's day, in ancient days, the, the majority of people, the majority of trade was through agriculture, through the purchasing and selling of goods. And one of the ways that you could make a little bit more money is if you could shift the weight and the balance of your scales. Basically, give people less for what they are paying for. To, to cheat people out of what was rightfully theirs. And Solomon says, the Lord detests this. The Lord hates this. You see, understand, Solomon and the Bible is not speaking against earning wealth. It is not speaking about earning a fair wage. What it's asking is, are you doing it in a way that is truly honoring God? I mean, let's be honest. If we're ripping people off, if we're cutting corners, that's not honoring to God. And it makes no difference what we do with it. If, if we don't come to it in an honoring way, that God is like, I, I don't like that. I don't approve of that. I actually hate that. Now, you may be sitting there and thinking, well, wait a second, wait a second. Listen, I don't, I don't rip people off. I don't, I don't really cut corners. But it's not only just in the big things, but in the small things in life as well. Like, are we fully honest when it comes to paying our taxes? You know, maybe we just kind of fudge the numbers a little bit and think, what's the big deal? I mean, I mean, the government gets enough as it is anyways. I'm barely making it. But, but are you gaining wealth in a way that is honoring to God? When it comes to maybe filling out uh, expense forms for your work, you think, oh, what? I'll just add a little bit on here. It doesn't make that big of a difference. Is anyone really going to notice? Well, maybe your employer won't. But God most certainly does. It means that when you get paid under the table and you're like, ah, I can just kind of slide this over and, and it helps me a little bit more, it comes back to this place of, are we people of integrity? Are we truly honoring God with how I earn my wealth? But that's like an entry-level question. 
Because I think for a lot of us, we may be able to step back and say, yeah, no, what, I'm, I'm very honoring to God with my wealth. I don't, I don't cut corners. I, I report my taxes. I don't, I don't cheat. I don't, I don't do dishonorable things. But this is just baseline stuff. That, that's kind of expected of us. The second question brings about even greater clarity when it comes to how do we honor God with our wealth. And the question is this, what is your wealth doing to you? Proverbs eleven twenty eight says this, whoever trusts in their riches will fall, but righteousness will thrive like a green leaf. Or in Proverbs 15, 16, it says, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Is your wealth drawing you closer to God or pushing him further away? And what I mean by that is when it comes to your trust, when it comes to your dependence, when it comes to your sense of security, you know, we can say the words that we really depend upon God, but is it really God or is it our bank account? Is it all that we have truly accumulated? You see, you see, Jesus in Matthew 6 says, you know, you can't serve both God and money. He's not speaking about having wealth. He's speaking about not allowing it to become the master of your life. Because what eventually happens is, is suddenly we, we find our sense of trust and identity and security, not in Jesus, but in the things that we can accumulate. Like, do we, do we really trust in the Lord, believing that he will supply for all of our needs? So where do you land? When it comes to honoring God with our wealth, how do you gain it? And then what is it doing to you? Is it becoming a rival to God? Or is it becoming an opportunity to not only experience that abundance that Jesus offers, but also as an opportunity for God to use you and your wealth for the benefit of others? So, so what does this look like? I mean, honestly, how do, we, how do we honor God with our wealth? For me, I would boil it down to one word, generosity. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25, we see this. It says, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. That's a verse about generosity. And I believe one of the key marks of a follower of Jesus, one of the, one of the key marks of, of an abundant life lived with Jesus is the, seen through generosity. What, one of the ways that money becomes an opportunity and not a rival to God is allowing generosity to be a part of everything that we do. I, I, I love that verse when Solomon says this, he who refreshes others, that's like he who is generous to others will himself be refreshed. When Jesus speaks of the abundant life, he, he tells us as he did that, that, that one man, listen, the abundance of life is not found in possessions, but Jesus reminds us that it is ultimately, ultimately found in him. 
Because I think generosity goes hand in hand with contentment, with joy, with a greater sense of peace. I mean, think for a moment. Think of the most generous person you know. I bet they're fairly joyful. I bet they're probably pretty content. I bet they, they, they probably live in a way that even though they don't have as much as others, they have that sense of abundance. On the flip side, I'm, I'm sure we all know people who have exceedingly more than they possibly need, yet they're not overly generous and they're probably not filled with joy. They probably don't have that sense of contentment in life. You see, I believe generosity is key to following Jesus because it not only makes us dependent upon him, but it's an opportunity to be used by him to do incredible things. So, so what does this look like? Because I'm sure all of us are not sitting there thinking, actually, Joel, I don't really want to be generous. Like, like we all want to be generous in life. And so what does this begin to look like? How, how do we honestly honor God with our wealth? How do we allow generosity become a part of who we are? It's a final thing that Solomon says. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now again, in ancient days, this was primarily an agricultural community. But one of the practices that they were taught and reminded of is the importance of first fruits, of, of giving first from their crop to the work of God. Now you may be thinking, well, listen, listen, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a farmer, so like, how does that apply to me? The principles are the same. When I think of first fruits, I think of giving generosity that is regular, that is first given to God, and that finally is the best that we have to offer. You see, you see, generosity is not just simply a, an emotional response, that, that, that when our heart is moved, that, that we're going to give. Of, of course we're going to do that. But, but true generosity that, that comes from following Jesus is found in an intentional act to say, I'm going to do this regularly. I am going to give what first to God, not, not whatever is left over. And I am going to give my best so I'm not going to tell you what this looks like. But for Rebecca and I, this has always been a priority for us. That since the very beginning of when we were married, when we had a lot less then than we did now, we made it a priority that, that we would start, we would start by giving 15% of everything that we earn back to the work of God. Now, a big chunk of that goes to the work of the church. It goes to our work overseas. It goes to the raw carrot. It goes to other ministries. But that is the beginning. We, we want to be intentional. We want to be regular. And we want to be practical in our generosity. Because it's then out of that, that generosity begins to flow. Another example for us is just the use of our stuff, the use of our house. We've, we've always seen it as an opportunity for for ministry. You heard me mention earlier in the welcome that, 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 that we are having a, a campfire on July 27th. Listen, hey, if you want to come and hang out with us and, and be at our place, we would love to have you there. But, but for us, we want to be generous with our house. We want to have people live with us. We want to have people stay with us. We want to have people hang out with us. We, we want to see our stuff as not really our stuff, but rather as opportunities to be used by God. So what about you? I think we truly want to be wise with our 
well. It's not just simply about how we invest it. It's not just simply how we save it or spend it. But rather begin to ask the question, am I generous? Am I honoring God with my wealth? Am I seeing generosity as an opportunity to not only experience that abundant life that Jesus gives to us, but as an opportunity to be used by God. I, I believe Jesus wants us to take a step of faith. And perhaps for some of you here today, you're thinking, well, I don't know, I don't know where to begin. Begin by being intentional and say, I want to give intentionally. I want to be generous with this. And then begin to see not only what God is going to do in you, but what God is going to do through you. When it comes to living the abundant life, it's not about accumulating possessions, but rather seeing the good that we have as an opportunity to be generous. So this week, consider these two questions. How are you gaining your wealth? And what is your wealth doing to you? Is it making you more generous, more dependent upon Jesus, or pulling you in a different direction? I'll leave that for you to sort out. Let's pray together. The gracious God, we are thankful that you are the God of abundance, that you are the God of blessing, that you are a heavenly father who, who just delights in providing for us. But Jesus, we admit, I admit, that too often I can get caught up in the accumulation of wealth, of putting my trust and dependence, Jesus, not in you, but in the things of this world. And so I may I break that. May you help us to become more generous, to see, to see the things that we have as not to be held on to tightly, but to openly give them back to you. May we be generous and in doing so, truly experience that abundance, that life worth living, that is found only in you, Jesus. For we ask it all, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face shine upon you. Now may the Lord be gracious towards you and grant you his peace. For we ask his name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi again, this is Leah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. 
Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone. <laughs>